five things I have learned about decluttering and organizing from Hogwarts Room of Requirement. <laughs> Y'all are either going to think I'm a crazy Harry Potter geek, which is not wrong, um, or you might really enjoy this if you uh, share a passion for that series like I do. Stay tuned. Let's see how I dig into this one. Hey, welcome to Joy Loving Home, the podcast where we strive to plan our schedules and organize our homes while being intentionally flexible so that we can leave space in our lives for spontaneous joy. I'm Joy Reidenauer, professional organizer and flexible planning strategist. I have a heart for helping stay-at-home moms who feel overwhelmed and can't figure out where the time goes while their kids are at school. If you are ready to lean into your chaos and simplify your home, then you're in the right place. And don't worry, I know from experience that rigid schedules, daily habits, and strict routines don't work for you. Because they didn't work for me either. If you want to stay flexible, live in the moment, and prioritize the people in your life over the things, then I'm so glad you've joined me as we create a joy-loving home together. So a little background to prove my expertise on the Harry Potter series. <laughs> I do not know how many times I have watched the movies because every time I flip through and they're on TV, I tend to get sucked in and stay for a while. But I have read the books, or at least listened to the books being read, five times. Yep, you heard that right. Five times. Once for myself and once with each of our four children. So I am a former elementary school teacher, and one of the most beneficial things it's proven that you can do for your kids with your kids is read aloud, even beyond when they know how to read for themselves. There is nothing like your inflection and your pacing and just being able to read books to them that are of high interest but maybe higher than their reading level at the time can provide. And the funny thing about those Harry Potter books is at least my children were definitely ready for them before they were of the full age for them to sort of match up with Harry's age as they go through them, which I think was J.K. Rowling's original intent. There's also a lot. Oh my gosh, she's a masterful author. And there's so much to dig into those books. And it was actually how at home I talk to my kids about predictions and summaries and, gosh, rich language and inferences, all without them knowing I was being a teacher secretly. <laughs> so I know this is not a parenting podcast, but a little parenting tip. If you are reading aloud with your kid, the easiest, sneakiest way to get them to increase their reading comprehension knowledge is... If you're reading with them every night and you jump into bed next to them and you cuddle up and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot what was happening last night. What what was happening? And literally them catching you back up to where you were is their summarization skills. It's their comprehension skills. It's a moment where you can ask a question of like, oh gosh, I don't, what do you think is going to happen tonight? All of a sudden you're helping them with predictions and anticipations and when you you find a clue that you know is there, especially like I had where I'd read the book multiple times. I would always ask my kids, oh my gosh, 
wonder what this is going to mean when I knew she was inferring something. So sorry for that, like reading lesson digression there, but um, <laughs> I love reading aloud to my kids. I have multiple, multiple books back when I was a teacher and as a parent, but one of the reasons the Harry Potter series is so beloved in my household is when you are a mom of four and we had all four of ours in a seven-year stint, it is very hard to carve out moments with one-on-one -on -one where they feel special and attended to and listened to instead of always being part of the group. It started really innocently and then became a, just a tradition, but what happened is we were reading aloud the Harry Potter series to my oldest, um, and actually my husband was doing most of the work there uh, as I had wanted him to read it. It was my sneaky way to get him to read them. You know, I was busy with the other three, and so at bedtime, I would let him break off with the oldest, and they would start reading aloud, and I would get the other three down, and I would inevitably come in and sit on the chair in the room where, where they were reading and listen to the whole thing again, but what we did is after they finished the first book, we put all the kids to bed, normal routine, didn't let on that anything was different, and then my oldest two shared a room together. So as soon as we knew that the younger one was asleep, we woke the oldest one up and we pulled him out into the hallway and we said, we're going to watch a movie together, just us. And he was so lit up with excitement. So we popped some popcorn and the three of us snuggled down on the couch and we watched the first Harry Potter movie together. And it lit a fire under both him and my husband to do this special thing where as they would complete each book, we would watch the movie together, just the three of us. And so as the tradition wore on, each time it was the next kid's turn with the reading, they would get that special moment. We have read or, you know, I've listened to those books five times over. So I will consider myself an expert in the area of read aloud. Oh, and the bonus to this is that you can teach your children very early on that if there is a book that a movie is based on, read the book first. The books are always better. Um, <laughs> and it helps instill a love of literature to them. So, okay, now... Jumping straight into organizing and decluttering and why I think the Hogwarts Room of Requirement has five really cool lessons that we can learn about organizing and decluttering. And I think it's particularly pertinent to those of us with ADHD brains that can have spaces in our lives that just appear chaotic. So if you have seen the movies or read the books, picture with me the Room of Requirement. It is a train wreck. It is piles and piles and piles of centuries of lost, forgotten, hidden, uh, cast aside objects. And they are safely stowed in that space in the castle to be used by anyone and for anyone for all time. So how many of you have a space in your home that is your room of requirement. For me, it is a storage room in my basement, and at any given moment, it looks pretty much exactly like the room of requirement. It is stacked in odd jumbles of items that have been cast aside to there as unwanted, forgotten, or sometimes specially placed things. It just becomes the out of sight, out of mind, pull the door shut, 
storage room that many, many of us have. So what are the lessons that you can learn from this type of space based on the one in the Harry Potter series? Well, number one, that it's okay to have one. I have to question any house that is so perfectly organized from beginning to end. And sorry, my dog is laying next to me sneezing. So if you're hearing that, my apologies. <laughs> um, if you have a room like this in your house, it kind of means like you're normal. I don't know. You have other priorities. Um, I don't want to put down anybody who is so meticulously organized that they have every single space in their home perfectly organized and binned and labeled. And uh, I mean, maybe it's because personally that just seems like a fantasy to me. I think it's okay to always have a little something to work on, but maybe it's because they have control issues or they are avoiding something else that they could be putting their time into, like relationships that need tending or I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be ugly towards anybody. Everybody has their own sort of method of operating in the world, but I'm here to talk to the people who have a, a space that's chaos. And I, I don't want you to be thinking that it's something that you should feel horribly guilty about. I really think it's normal. And I'm going to tell you four more reasons why I think it's actually something that can be useful. So here we go. Number one was that it's okay to have that kind of a room. Number two is to notice that there isn't any order. So <laughs> stick with me on this one. If you have the ability to, to be magic, you would think that anybody could go up to that room of requirement, particularly somebody like Dumbledore, and you could wave your wand and you could put it in order. I mean, it could be even rows with stacked shelves and it could be labeled. And it's not which means it wasn't a priority, even with the, the skills of magic at your fingertips. So let's be careful what we prioritize and let's not, especially in the age of social media, think that every single person's home looks like what you see on the hashtag organizing section. It's just, it's not the standard. Secondly, the the thing that we should caution ourselves about so as not to feel too high on our horse about our messy room is that they do also have this magic ability to stand in a room and wave a wand and have the item they want float straight to their hand, which would be a lovely skill if we could all have that. And there are some of us that live in chaos and we actually know what every pile contains. So, you know, we still have to dig for it, but we know it's there. So anyway, just watch your priorities is number two. Number three, it is only one room in the castle. It isn't the whole castle. And what I mean by this is I would love for us to be able to say, I'm okay with the one room, that storage room in the basement that I can shut the door and pretend isn't there if I want to be as messy as I want it to. But that space where my family lives, that space where we get together, that space where we entertain friends and we socialize, and we love on each other, those spaces probably should be in order. And those spaces we want to prioritize first because it is just one space that we should give ourselves permission to let it be chaotic. Number one, it's okay to have one. Number two, watch your priorities. Number three, it is just one space. Let's work on the rest of our house.
Number four, sometimes in order to not get stuck, we need a space to put the things that are difficult to make decisions on. Things that are sentimental but don't necessarily need to be out in everyday life. And the things that we just don't quite know what to do with or if we really might be using them again. And I say these things with an air of caution because I do want us to whittle down the what ifs, but I want us to not get stuck. And the way to not get stuck in one of those main living spaces that I want so badly for you to be proud of and for you to feel confident about if somebody were to stop by, if you're tackling one of those spaces and you pick something up and it makes you freeze because it's that, uh, I don't know quite what I want to do with this yet, but it doesn't feel like I can get rid of it. I want you to have that room of requirement to go stash it in. I want you to be able to keep moving on the things that you know how to make the decisions for. So that rim of requirement can be incredibly valuable as that space that helps keep you from getting stuck. Number five, if you have one and you've addressed all the other priorities in your house and it's time to address that room, don't blow it up with fire. And those of you who follow the series know exactly what I'm talking about. Call for help. Whether that's a friend, whether that's a loved one, whether that's a professional organizer, those spaces, once we're ready to tackle them, are still overwhelming. And it's okay to get some help. And it will save you money <laughs> if you've gone through all the other spaces and then you say, now I'm ready to invest with that professional organizer. Now is the time to finally put that last place, at least in some semblance of order, even if you still have it as a little bit messy like we spoke about in the first place. So I hope that was fun. Sorry for sort of jumping all over the place there, but it is something that's near and dear to my heart. And if you have never read the series and you have any kids, it's an awesome one to read together. And don't let them see the movies until you've read each book. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. I hope that you uh, enjoyed the five things we can learn from The Room of Requirement. Before I forget, I am going to do a live in our Facebook group on planning for Christmas. And I know this seems so early, but here's the scary thing. I'm sure you all have been hearing on the news that with the supply chain issues, there might be a difficult time getting Christmas ready this year. And I want to show you sort of a scattered way that I go about Christmas preparations that is not a list, but still functions with the same productivity, I guess. It still offers the same function as a list, but it works better for our brains. I would love to talk about it as a podcast, but I really think it's a visual thing. So if you want to join me in the Facebook group so that you can be there for that live or see the replay, and guys, if you <laughs> if you want to be there for somebody at the beginning and be super supportive, um, this will be my first ever anything live. Trying to do it next week. I'm trying to get a poll going with all the folks in there to see if there's a best day of the week, best kind of range of time to do it. Jump in, join us now so you can be part of it and help make that decision. Join me over at bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity and uh, would love to have you there.
So bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity. Until next time, choose joy. I'm so glad you spent your time with me today. If you'd like to join an encouraging and judgment-free community of women just like you, please join us at bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity. That's bit.ly forward slash joylovinghomecommunity. I would love to interact with you there. You can also bless me and help other moms by rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen. It means the world to me if you have found value in these podcasts, and by reviewing them, you help other women find me too. Also, don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram at joylovinghome. Love to hear from you. Or just email me. I'm joy at joylovinghome.com. Until next time, choose joy.